0: Hey guys, uh, welcome back. I don't know, I need to find a much better entrance or, I don't know, um, like, intro thing to this, uh, little podcast, it's super weird, um, cause, you know, I mean you guys are, some of you are listening to it, some of you don't listen to it, um, it's really just a tool for you, so hopefully, uh, hopefully you guys have had a good week, um, as you know, for us, uh, for the Rose family, it's been a bit of a heavy week uh, with Mama Andrews, uh, Amy's grandmother, passing away on Monday morning. Uh, Amy's been in Evansville all week. It is now Wednesday. Um, gosh, it feels like it's Saturday or something. I don't know. It, it, it it's been a very long week already, um, and uh, so anyhow. Uh, I feel like I'm super far behind uh because Monday was just kind of a a blur. Um I don't know what happened to yesterday and uh today uh, has has been another weird day as well. So <laughs> I don't know. Um everything's crazy, guys. Everything is just crazy. Um so anyway, I, yeah, I hope hope y'all are are good. I really uh, appreciate your leadership in your missional communities and how you are leading and uh, caring for God's people. Uh, y'all are doing a great job, and um, know that I pray for each of you uh, every day. And um, you guys weigh heavy, heavy on my heart, and uh, so really, really appreciate. Uh, all that you do. Um, so, just a reminder again: if there is anything else that would be helpful for you to have in this podcast, please let me know, and uh, and we will we will get that in there. Um, so, yeah. Without further ado, I guess let's let's dive in here and uh, spend some time looking at uh, the third I am statement by Jesus. Uh, I am the gate. So let me pray. God, thanks for today. Pray that you would be with Amy and uh, her sisters and parents as they are walking through uh, things down there in Evansville. And uh, we're we're thankful that you answered prayers from this past Sunday to uh, to bring uh, Jesse home to you. And uh, we we pray that uh, she is. She is enjoying in heaven. that She is enjoying being in your presence, and as I am sure, she is a a good a good faithful servant. Uh, that that she was. Um, Lord, as we turn to your scriptures, pray that uh, we might be changed a little bit and not just learn more stuff. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. All right, so we are in John chapter ten. Uh, Verses 7 through 10. Uh, This is uh, smack dab in the middle of the Good Shepherd um, uh, figure of speech. And uh, so, uh, we'll we'll get into that here in just a minute. But, uh, But let me read it. John chapter 10, verses 7 through 10. Therefore, Jesus said again, Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life, and have it to the full. Uh, John 10.10 there. uh, I have come that they may have life, and have it to the full is one of those... uh, Sayings by Jesus said is that is marked to me uh, it's it's really shaped to me as I think about you know uh, the idea of, of love well um, it's rooted in living life to the full uh, I think this is really more than anything else uh, honestly I think living life to the full uh, is might may, may be the heart of the gospel uh, might be might be more more to what it is that Jesus is calling us to than uh, simply you know, some sort of salvation kind of thing. Salvation is part of it. You know, don't, don't mishear that. Don't misconstrue that. Uh, being saved, it's right there in the passage, is, is critical. Uh, what, what Jesus has done to save the world uh, is, is hand in hand with the gospel. But that said, uh, I, I think we, uh, I think we miss the heart of the gospel when we miss out on this on this statement of living life to the full, and uh, and I think I think as a pastor, if I could, if I could do one thing, if I could look at over the course of my life and at the end of my life, say I helped people flourish, I helped people become the best version of themselves uh, as, as Christ-like as they could be this side of heaven then I, I really think I will have succeeded as a pastor uh, that that's what I want right it's not about um, it's not about building big congregations or getting lots of followers or having a whole lot of people listen to a podcast or, or read a blog post or, or whatever what I want so desperately so, man, I just I want people to flourish. I want them to, to live, as the kids say, live their best life. <laughs> that's, this is what I want. This is, this is and I think this is the heart of the gospel. Um, and this is what Jesus wants us to, to do is, is to live life to the full. that, that is uh, that's his purpose, right? I have come that they might have life. And have it to the full. I just it, whenever, as you're teaching this, um, as you're pondering all this stuff, don't miss that. Don't miss that because it's it's so crucial to our lives as followers of Jesus. It's, it's crucial. Um, but it begs the question of what does it mean? What does it mean for us to live life to the full? What does it mean for us, uh, I think in a, in a maybe a modern way of saying it, to live the good life? Right? I and mean, this, is, this is what we're getting at here. Um, and uh, I'm watching a bee not living its best life as it's banging into my windows. Anyway, uh, sorry, easily distracted there today. Uh, you know, how do we how do we live this how do we live this good life? How do we live this full life? This life that Jesus has promised us. How do we live that? That, guys, that is this one. This is what it's about, right? This is what it's about. This is what we want to be getting after. Um, and I think there's something inherent in all of us uh, that knows that we are our lives are meant uh you know they're meant for something they're meant to 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 be lived uh with purpose and meaning um, and i think i think all of us are kind of on that on that quest right We're trying to figure out what is our what is our meaning and our purpose and, and all that kind of stuff um, when when we realize that we are uh living lives that are not satisfactory that that we are experiencing significant discontentment uh, then um, then we need to ask some hard questions. What is it? What is it that we need to be pursuing uh, as as human beings, and for each of us it's going to look a little bit different, right uh, based on on who we are and how we're wired and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I think, I think as we follow, uh, as we follow Jesus, we begin to we begin to realize that that living life to the full is, is rooted in in the thing that that He ultimately showed us, which is which is a full life. Ultimately, is rooted um, in in self sacrificial living. You know, His victory, His the way He gave us life to the full. Uh, it was not through, you know, humanistic utopia. It it didn't come that way. It didn't come by, by getting, uh, power, glory, money, and fame. No, it it came it came about through the cross. Jesus's life, his fullness of life, was tasted on the other side of the cross. And so if we are going to live full lives, if we're going to live life to the full, we are going to have to walk through the cross. We're going to have to, we're to, have to bear our cross daily, and we're going to have to live it. And, and on the other side of it, it will be full life. Now, does that mean our lives are supposed to, be before we die or whatever, are supposed to be miserable and awful? No. that's Again, that's not what Jesus thought. He's talking about human flourishing. But human flourishing only comes as we take up our cross daily. We have we have to. We have to. We have to take up take up the, the process of of becoming of becoming fully human. Right? We have, we have to walk into that. So you know, I think if you're gonna have a message, big idea of this, I think it's that the good life is self-sacrificial. Um, I think our, our fallen condition focus from the passage is that uh, self-created strategies of the good life ultimately fail us. In Christ's redemptive purpose, uh, Jesus, through self-sacrifice, shows us life to the full. He shows us what the fullest, most joyful ha- life is. Right? Hebrews tells us, for the joy set before him, he he bore the cross, scorning His shame. That's that's the that's some of the important stuff, right? That, I think that's the heart of this passage. Um, so so what do we what do we need to what do we need to know um, what do we need to know about this passage well verses 7 through 10 are tucked right in between uh, verses 1 through 6 and 11 uh, through 21 shocking it's like oh I can do math too yep exactly um, <laughs> so uh, but but here's the here's, here's the deal um, they also follow after John chapter nine. John chapter nine is uh is a pretty significant moment in John's gospel, uh because what it does is is it helps us to begin to understand some things. uh One about uh the timing of the writing of John. uh It helps give us some insight into uh, the interactions between people who are beginning to follow Christ and the religious establishment. Um, All of those things, uh, all of those things, uh, we begin to kind of get a taste of in John chapter 9. So what happens in John chapter 9? Well, what happens is, uh, Jesus sees a man uh, who is blind from birth, and his disciples ask him, hey, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Which is a really common... And that's that's John 9, 1 and 2, right? And this idea is, is, is very common. Uh, and so, Jesus' response, though, uh, and it's common, it's common in that era, uh, real quick, just because uh, people didn't really believe that things were, were coincidental, right? Um, that... Uh, bad things happen to you because either you sinned or, uh, your parents sinned, and therefore you're you're experiencing generational judgment. Um. <laughs> and generational judgment, uh, is is a biblical concept, um, and so, you know, first century folks would not have a problem, uh, you know, taking responsibility for things that their ancestors did uh, a few hundred years ago. Uh, just just to be aware of that, um, not that that has a whole lot of bearing in today's world or maybe it does all right um jesus says neither this man nor his parents sinned this happens that the works of god might be displayed in him as long as it is day we must do the works of him who sent me night is coming when no one can work while i am in the world i am the light of the world and uh and so jesus heals this guy and sends him off um and uh and he goes and the pharisees bring him in bringing the man who jesus healed they interrogate him. They interrogate his parents, and they end up putting the man out of the synagogue uh, because he uh, he was he was saying that uh, that Jesus was was the one uh, spoken of by Moses. <laughs> Wait a minute. What do you mean? Uh, who who's who who are they talking about here? What what person of Moses are they talking about? Well, this goes back. Uh, to numbers 27, 15 through 17 near the end of Moses' life, he is praying and, and he asks God to, to give the people of Israel a shepherd so that they can come in and go out and that they would they would not be like the people uh, in the nations surrounding them but that they would be, they would be a people uh, with a shepherd so uh just just be be aware of this they put so they put him out and uh and jesus engages with the guy and uh, at the end um you know he asks the he asks the man he says jesus heard that they had thrown him out of the synagogue this is nine thirty-five. do you believe in the son of man who is he sir the man asked tell me so that i may believe in him Jesus said, you have now seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. So again, Jesus is very clear that he knows who he is. He is the Messiah. Then the man said, Lord, I believe, and he worshiped him. Jesus said, for judgment I have come into this world so that the blind will see, and those who will see will become blind. Some Pharisees who were with him heard him say this and asked, what, are we blind too? Jesus said, if you were blind, you would not be guilty of sin. But now that you claim you can see, your guilt remains. And then he goes into uh, John chapter 10, very truly. I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other means is a thief and a robber. And he goes and he tells this tells this, uh, this, figure of speech in, in verses 1 through 6. Um, and uh, And so then we get into 7 through 10, right? Therefore, Jesus said again, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out. And find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So uh, we run into some problems here um, because if we want to try and understand verses seven through ten as a description or an explanation of verses one through six, it doesn't make a lot of sense. That there's there's all kinds of of plot holes and, and disconnections and things that just don't work. Um, and and the reason is, is because John 10, 1 through 6, uh, is not, it's not a parable in the same sense that we find in the Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke. What we have here is a different literature. And John helps us to understand that it's different because he refers to it in verse 6 as a figure of speech. This is a different word than what gets translated in the synoptics as parable. Uh, you know, In the synoptics, the word parable is basically just a transliteration of the Greek word parabole. And this, this word is different. And this word means figure of speech. It's Jesus is here using an illustration From their everyday life, trying to make a connection, trying to help them see some spiritual truth, they all would have been very familiar with sheep herding. This was just a normal thing. It was a normal part of everyday life in the first century. Um, And so he is is using this, this sheep herding illustration. He is not telling a parable. So you're not going to be able to like make one-to-one connections to everything. Uh, seven, seven through ten, is not explaining one through six; it's expanding on one through six. It's it's almost like he's doubling down on his illustration. He's like, okay, you didn't get it. Let me let me let me take the same illustration and let's let's hit it from a different angle. So he says I am the gate and the gate for the sheep. So we need to understand um here what is going on um with the with the the, the sheep pen. Uh back then in the summertime uh, they would uh, they would build these these uh these pens out in the pasture. And uh in that way they could just stay out all night the sheep and the shepherd and everything could just stay out and stay out of pasture and it wouldn't have to go in and out of town. And uh, and so it was just an enclosure made out of piled rocks. Uh, there's no roof or door, uh, but thorns went along top of the rock walls to protect the, the sheep from the wild animals. And the shepherd typically slept at the entrance and he became the door, right? Uh, protecting the sheep. So uh what we what we need to begin to understand here is that in light of of John chapter nine, where you have the Pharisees and how are they acting? they are acting like gatekeepers, right They're deciding who can come in and who can go out. Jesus here is drawing a distinction between himself and the Pharisees. Jesus is not a gatekeeper. He is the gate. He is the means by which the sheep enter. And as the sheep enter, they are saved. But here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. Look at this. Um, Verse 9. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. Very important here. What is Jesus saying? He is saying is that the sheep in him... The sheep that enter through his gate, the sheep that enter through him, the people that enter through him into salvation, out of exile and into salvation, out of the wilderness into salvation, they have freedom. They have freedom to go in, and they have freedom to go out. Again, that goes right back to Numbers 27, where Moses is praying and God provides a man named Joshua. How do you pronounce Jesus in Greek? Yeshua. <laughs> do you guys see what's going on here? He's drawing all these threads together, saying, I'm that guy, and you are the sheep. And and in me there is freedom. There is freedom. There's freedom because I am the gate by which you enter in. And when you're in when you're in, there is protection. And when you're out, there is pasture. Jesus is providing protection and pasture. He's providing this full life. Could you imagine living a life, living a life where you felt totally secure and yet also at the same time got to enjoy all the good things that the world has to offer? That, this is the imagery. This is, what, this is what's going on here with Jesus. This is, this is an amazing picture, right? He says, he says, hey, you know, here's the problem though. Everyone that came before me, <laughs> everyone that came before me, are thieves and robbers, but that's okay because the sheep haven't listened. <laughs> okay, now what does that mean? Do sheep listen? Yeah, you know what these guys would do, um, back in the first century, and sometimes even today. Um what, what would happen is uh, there might be like many families with many flocks of sheep, and um, and they would uh, they would bring um, all of their flocks together into one pen, and then the the various shepherds had their own calls, right? woo woo or la la or whatever and when the sheep heard their shepherd's call they would come to that shepherd the other sheep would ignore the call now what we learn elsewhere uh, or later on here is that uh you know Jesus's people this shepherd when he's the good shepherd he knows them by name um but what he's saying here is that yeah You know, the reason you have all these issues, you have all these problems where you got to try to fight and struggle for control of everything is because you're not shepherds. You're not the people that are taking care of the sheep. No, you, you religious leaders, are thieves and robbers. Therefore, you're never going to be able to control these people. Why? Because they're not going to listen to your voice. The only thing that you're going to accomplish is to steal, kill, and destroy. Now, I said earlier that 9 is helpful because it helps us understand the later placement or the the, the timing of John writing. So we have this allusion here in John chapter 9 of the man that says... um, in verse 22, it says his parents kind of lied um, about Jesus. Uh, in verse 22, his parents said this because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders who had already decided that anyone who acknowledged that Jesus was the Messiah would be put out of the synagogue. All right, so we don't, outside of that verse, there's not a lot of evidence of that happening uh, before, uh, before the resurrection. Uh, but according to John, that was already happening. Now, uh, most scholars think this is an allusion to the reality with which John was facing, where the church and the synagogue, they were coming apart at the seams at the end of the first century. This was common practice uh, because the Romans had put such a dividing line between the Jews and the Christians. And so, the, the, the Jewish people, the Jewish leaders were like, no, we are, that Christian sect, that sect that follows Jesus, they are not a part of us. And they started putting them out of of the synagogues. Uh, there was a great separation, a great schism that took place at the end of the first century uh, as as the Jewish leaders wanted to protect the Jewish people in the Roman Empire. And so we get a sense that, okay, so so we're, John's writing here at the end of the, at the end of, of the first century, um, which also means, uh, that Jerusalem has already been sacked. Remember Jerusalem was sacked in, in, in around eighty seventy, Um, and, and so, so what he's saying is, yeah, you know what? You guys keep trying to, uh, do stuff your way, you know, trying to control and, via power and manipulation moves um, he's probably talking in reference also to some false messiahs uh, that that led the people into armed violent rebellion against Rome and all that equated to was destruction and misery the way of the world the 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 way that uh, you know. That humanity oftentimes thinks that they can get things done. Jesus is saying, "Man, that is a myth. It ends. It ends in stealing, um, killing, and destroying. Th- this is this is the way of the world, and and yet my way is different. It is through a cross, and from that cross uh, comes comes life. So, you know." So he is really, really challenging the religious leaders, and and this this goes to our day and time too, right? Um, I mean, how many how many religious communities you know do you see where pastors um, or priests are absolute control freaks, trying to control the people uh, through morality or whatever? Just pick it. Um, you know, I mean there's you know, the you know, the old saying, right? You know, I mean we don't you know, we don't uh gamble, dance or chew and drink drink, dance or chew and don't date girls that do or whatever, right? I mean this is the this is the old way, I mean you look at so many Baptist, you know, sects of Christianity where you're not allowed to dance, you're not allowed to drink alcohol, you're not everything is you're not, you're not, you're not, you're not you're not, you're not you got all the rules. Um, why do we have all the rules? We have all the rules because we're trying to control people. We're trying to make people fit into a box, and and this is the opposite of what Jesus does in the gospel. What Jesus does in the gospel is says, "No, you can come in, you can go out. There is freedom, there is security, and there is and there is the enjoyment of the good things of life. Right? There is protection and pasture." And and so you, you can know, you begin to evaluate some of the stuff and go, oh my gosh. I mean, people set aside their core values for seats at tables, for power plays, for positions of power. They're willing to look past the things that they know to be true so they can have power. And what is the end result of that? Stealing, killing, and destroying. We see this in our world today. We see this in our world today. Nothing has changed. If we are going to be gospel people, we have to follow the way of Jesus. We have to enter by the gate. He's the gate. He's the passageway. It is through Him, it is through Him that we find life. Right? And as we go through Him, what we do is, as we go through, we go through the cross. We go through. We enter into self-sacrifice. We enter into giving, giving ourselves up for the good of our neighbor. Loving God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Loving our neighbor as ourselves. Eventually, loving our enemy. This, this, my friends, is the good life. This is the full life. This is the life. That we are called to live. This is the life that we are called to pursue. And so it's, 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 not, it's not easy. The full life, life to the full, is not easy. It's not easy, but it's fulfilling. And we begin to live a flourishing life. We, li- we live a life that, that is, is full of joy and happiness. We live content lives. We live lives of deep meaning and purpose. That only happens if we are the shape that enter by the gate. Which means that we have to die to our self-created strategies in the pursuit of the good life. We have to pick up a cross. And and live lives of of self-sacrifice. So my challenge this week, the thing I'd love for you to think through is as you're preparing um, to lead this, this weekend, is what are the strategies that you have employed? What strategies are you using to pursue the good life? What are you what strategies are you using to to try to find meaning and purpose and fulfillment? What are the strategies that you are using? To stave off discontentment. And how do they line up? How do they line up with going through the gate? I kind of want you to imagine almost like, you know, like Jesus is almost like a magic gate, so to speak. Where if you're using, if you're doing things his way, the strategies that you have are, 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 are Jesus strategies, ones rooted in self sacrifice and loving your neighbor as yourself and loving your enemy. In the pursuit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, faithfulness, all that stuff, right? And those are those are very streamlined and they, they go right through the gate. But the strategies that we that we implement, that we make up, are, are big and bulky and clunky. And, and they can't fit through the gate. How many of the strategies by which you live are going to get knocked off as you enter into the gate, as you walk through the passageway that is Jesus? I want you to, walk, I want you to think through that. I want you to evaluate that between now and Sunday and really kind of prepare your hearts and minds um, as, as you enter in this weekend with, with your communities. All right know that i'm praying for you know that man i am preaching i am preaching to the choir here this is uh these are the questions that i'm wrestling with um that uh that i'm struggling through and um you know they're not easy they're not easy so uh, thanks thanks again for leading again as always if there is something more here uh that would be helpful or some other information that would be helpful uh, please let me know. Uh, the notes are up on the Google Drive. Uh, we are in number three. I am the gate, John 10, uh, seven through ten. Uh, but really, it's gonna be helpful if you spend some time looking at uh, John nine as well. and uh, and I hope you will. Um, so I think I think that's it for this week guys. Uh, really appreciate you, really cover your prayers as as we walk through. Uh, all of our transitions uh, by the next time uh, I record this podcast. Uh, you know, it'll be Ethan's last few days here before he heads off to college. And um, whew, uh, on to the next thing. So appreciate you. Love you. Until next week, love well.